Welcome to the Kershaw Partners Podcast, An Eventful Life. In this series, we will dive into the events industry through the eyes of Mike Kershaw, his partners, and the owners and founders of event businesses up and down the UK. From event management, to catering, to venues, to structures, to exhibitions, and much, much more, they have seen it all and want to share their experiences with you and maybe impart a bit of knowledge along the way. Of course, there have been some bumps in the road, but that's what makes the event world fun. My name is David Watt. I will be your host. We hope you enjoy. Hello and uh, um, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, three episodes in and we've decided to have a bit of a brand change. Uh, so the podcast is now actually going to be called An Eventful Life, which we think makes a bit more sense uh, as we talk about people's lives and experience in the event industry. It's been a busy couple of weeks in the political circles, obviously, with Labour and Tory party conferences in Manchester and Brighton. I really don't envy those agencies who get the gig for those events. I, I suspect the brief is something like, we want something totally new and exciting, uh, but exactly the same. It'd be fun to get a really wild creative agency with no political experience involved and, and see what they'd come up with. Uh, so it's a beautiful Monday morning. Mike is here after another weekend on the golf course, looking fit and well as always. Um, Mike, I thought it would be really help, helpful at, at this point, sort of in episode three, just to talk a little bit about uh, the very broad um, Kershaw Partners offer. Uh, I know we touched on this the other day when we were filming down in Portsmouth, but without going into massive amounts of detail, can you... Uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, what you mean about your 10 commandments. Well, they're like a framework. You know, I, I, we, we, we started with looking at uh, if at the end, most people's end goal is to either be sold, so e allow them to exit, or uh, have the potential to be sold. Uh, in other words, they're doing terribly well. And they, and that means what you, your, your ultimate goal is to build a business that has what I call genuine sustainable value. So that means it has to be kind of credible, genuine. It has to be real. And that means it's been measured, measured, and you've seen progress in certain ways. And you need a way of measuring all those, all the elements that, that, that go part of it. It needs to be sustainable, which means any, anyone who would ever want to buy your business um, needs to be able to see that this is something that can keep going even with with or without you um, to um, uh, into the future. So it's a sustainable business. So that's that's a good thing. And it has to have value. And the value is more than just money. So that's right. Genuine sustainable value is an overall goal, which is quite neatly encapsulate what I think most businesses at some point in their future development need to get to. So then what I endeavoured to do is say, well, okay, that's great. So how would you define it? If it's not just money, it's easy to to define the value of a business in just in the bottom line. But I don't think anyone would really say that the only thing that matters in a business is, is how much money they make. It's not the only thing. Because that's fickle. You know, markets change and stuff change. You know, you've got to have an underlying process you've got to have an underlying sort of quality across the piece you know i'd be delivering something really well or you've got to have a brilliant unique product or you've got to have a you know lots of new products coming on board or something because it has to that otherwise it's not sustainable so so um i broke this down into 10 things that actually constitute genuine sustainable value and if you as a business, and it then gives you kind of a framework because you've got 10 areas that you need to be focusing on. And it is everything from, well, one is 
one is making money, but the other is your brand, you know, and what does that look like in your look and feel? And the other is having great IT and the other is having great systems and processes and, you know, having a great culture and, and having good leadership and all of those sorts of things that saying that overall, if you can, if you can tick all those 10 boxes at the end of a defined period, let's say three years, then you will have achieved genuine sustainable value. At that point, you might be able to sell the business or you might be doing so well, you don't want to sell the business, but it's always nice to know you could if you wanted to. So that's that's kind of the position I think most businesses want to get into that, that they're doing it because they, they, they're they enjoying it and it's making them great money and they're in, liking the environment and they've got a, a good business, an all round good business. Uh, but if they wanted to say, right, I think I want to do something else, you, you could sell the business for a meaningful amount of of money and that's a nice position to be in so that that's really why we created these 10 the what well, i'm calling them the 10 commandments it's kind of 10 steps to genuine sustainable value you might call it or yeah i think i think positioning yourselves as, as the moses of the um, event industry is probably is, is probably is probably a bit bold but i, I know what you mean and, and i think that's right i think um what what i I often get asked when when I'm you know when I'm speaking to, to to business owners you know what what do you think success looks like and I guess what you're trying to do and as you say is undefined timeline whether it's one year three years five years it, it's it's to get to a point where where that person that company feels like they've been successful you know like like you were with Concerto you know ultimately you were very successful with Concerto yeah I mean but you need we all need a we all need sort of any big problem needs to be broken down into a series of small problems. You know, and the big problem in, a, in most businesses is, is growing or, you know, becoming more successful. That's, if you like, it's a problem. I want to, or it's a goal, and it needs to be broken down into micro goals along the way or micro problems to solve. So this is a way of saying, let's break our business down into 10 areas. And those are the 10 areas that we, that we need to focus on. And, and if we get to a, you know, we, we set a measuring sort of criteria for each of those 10 areas. And, um, and then we, we have something to, to aim for. And then you can, you can then give, you know, in the, I'm, I'm a great believer in accountability and responsibility down, down the team within an organization. So you can give, so let's imagine that um, having great IT and technology is, is, is one of the things that really matters and, and adds value because we know that particularly nowadays, somebody who might be buying your business is going to look at your IT systems and your CRM and your, and your processes and your way of measuring and your reporting and so on. So it, that's important. So you give that to the, you know, the head of IT and saying, this is a goal. We have to be the best at this and here's how I'm defining it. And here's how I'm measuring it. And in three years, this needs to be, bulletproof that's your goal that's one of your your kpis as as a head of it and the brand you know i want to be a value brand we define what a value brand is that becomes the, the head of marketing's responsibility so that you can you can actually you know you can you can de de delegate these areas to members of your team to get them really engaged but as an overall thing everyone is is heading in the same direction these you know they're they're, they're just one of the ten and I guess that brings us on really neatly and onto something that I know you want to talk about today, which was employee engagement. We've spoken a lot in the past about how as a business owner, you need to establish what your vision for the business is and what your core values are, what you want the company culture to be, and then bring your team along for the ride while adopting and embracing that culture. 
And so long as they embrace and understand that, then you are confident to give them the responsibility for the jobs that they excel in. And I, and that's very empowering for them. If they feel involved as individuals and as part of the team, then they're more likely to stick around, right? I know you've been talking to Guy about this. So so, so what did he say? Uh, Guy was having his call with um, a, a, a friend of his who's a lawyer and who's also a, the... Um, uh, legal counsel for a, a tech business with about 500 em- employees. And he said to, it, it just, this, this is what, what, how, how it kind of came out. Um, he said to guys, he said, you know what the biggest problem is that the businesses that he works with all face? The biggest, and it's certainly the biggest individual problem they have with their company and have 500 employees is, um, is that is employee engagement it is retaining staff it is hiring recruiting and retaining staff because when you lose a member of staff and at the moment this is particularly relevant because you know there's 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 a shortage of 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 jobs and therefore people there's a there's a there's a you know people can move quite easily so there's there's a retaining good staff and it's a very very expensive exercise you know if you lose some member of staff you have to rehire them, rehire somebody in that role. You have to pay a recruitment company. The whole thing becomes very expensive <clears throat> and it's time consuming because every time you lose somebody, you, you know, you're doing exit interviews. Um, and this is a real issue. So he, what he's saying is if, if you can show me a, a way of, you know, a sort of optimal employee engagement program, he said, because I don't know whether we should be doing a Christmas party or we should be doing a training or we should be doing, you know, I should be sending them or doing wine tasting courses or, or you know, he said, what, what, any of this. He said, I don't know. I, and he said, I don't care. I just, you know, if someone can show me how to do this, this is worth a lot of money for us, a lot. If we can optimise our employee engagement plan and strategy and thinking. Um, and can you help with that? And I, and I said, I think we can help that with that. I think that is something we as KP, with all our experience of running businesses in this sector and employing lots of people, and also knowing kind of what works in terms of employee engagement, because after all, Concerto in a way was, you know, the, 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 the internal events industry is really all about employee engagement. It's about communicating to employees, getting people um, engage with an idea it's about values and culture and it all goes along with that whole piece that's very important um, <clears throat> and and uh, you know events is very much a key part of it so if we can start to look at these are the sorts of events for this type of audience this is how it works this is how you measure it this is what done so on and of course that becomes even more important when people are working remotely correct so he's going I don't know whether I should be sending her a you know, a, 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 a hamper through the post to this these girls, you know, working remotely and whether I should or shouldn't be doing this and that and the other. And I mean, it's not, I'm making it sound very um, uh, simple, but, and it's not simple because every business is different and every person is different, so they react differently. But I think there might be some key principles that we can work on that will say, this is what you, this is how you need to do it. This is a kind of an optimal employee engagement program and it brings in all the pieces around about business in terms of leadership and culture and values and so on and 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 that's probably the argument is that if you set your if you have good leadership and you have a good culture that everyone buys into and your mission and your vision and values is clear then actually the rest is just plugging into that 
and that's that's what uh, that's why you need to do it. So uh, at all at all levels, you need to be kind of having some degree of focus and a program put together, and we can help put that program together. And as you say, losing employees to competitors or, or worse to another industry is seriously costly for business owners. So I think there will be a lot of demand for a service that uh, helps address this issue. Um, now, um, just before we finish this week, Mike, uh, I know you want to say something about a few new additions to the KP family. Uh, really thrilled to be having uh, been approached by um, uh, by a few people. I mean, obviously what we've been trying to do in Kershaw Partners, as you know, is build a kind of hub of of knowledge and experience and 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 capability that clients and businesses in the event industry can tap into so that they can you know if they have an issue on food and beverage we have experts in food and beverage. if they're a venue then we have experts in venues if they're a if they're a tech business then we have people who understand tech if they're a live business we have so we have all of this kind of knowledge but it's very event industry based i mean you know you can probably tap into some of this stuff if you went to kpmg consulting i'm sure you can and pay a grillion quid for it uh, because they probably do have somebody who's an expert in fmb and you know in accenture but they haven't worked in the event industry like we have and they haven't been they aren't aren't real experts in the in the, anything like the same way they might be technically capable they might know the market well but they're not actually done the job so what we've got is people who've built the businesses, done the job, have a huge amount of experience, made every mistake going, and, and so they can recognise, uh, you know, um, potential hurdles along the way. Um, and and so we've added. I'm always looking for people who want to do that and, and have that capability. And we've added a couple um, this week. Um, I mean, it's an ongoing process. It's just we've had the meetings this week. So one is Mark Schofield, who uh, has a brilliant background in. Um, hotels, uh, you know, opened the Rosewood and then high end members clubs. He was uh, GM of, of Wentworth. Um, he was GM of Barry Brothers and Rudd. He um, uh, he's yeah, I mean, he's had a, a fantastic career in that that way. Lovely bloke. Very important. As you know, we only hire great, lovely people. Um, and uh, and he's going to bring something really interesting. And so if we have clients who are working in retail um so restaurants hotels boutique hotels you know boutique venues and stuff then he he's a really really lovely guy and he's very very capable so i think he's going to be a great addition and he will he will very much kind of um synergize with what i'm doing um uh, with more general events and what guy's doing with venues and what richard does with with more corporate um <clears throat> event catering so I think it all kind of fits. He fits very nicely into that. Um, then um, we've got our, one of the areas that I very, was very keen to sort of pick up on was um, actual numbers and reporting. Because we see, uh, as you know, uh, uh, Watty, uh, lots of businesses where the, the, the reporting is OK, but it's a bit inconsistent. And it's not the way I like to see it. I mean, I, I believe you've got to have your uh, board meetings. You've got to have your numbers in a very, very clear an unambiguous uh, report that's that's really basically, you know, there's only a few things you really need to know. You need to know what your sales are, how much you're making, what your pipeline is, i.e. what you're going to make, well, how much money you've got in the bank, how much money you're owed and how much money you owe. 
And actually, it's amazing how complicated that people can make all this. I and mean, we don't really need that as much. So, um, but I am mindful there are certain times when we have a new project, for example, or a client has a new project, when it needs modeling, it needs to be, then a business plan needs to be drawn up that models it in scenario A, B, C, D. And that's a bit more of a technical um, requirement. So I, I felt that it would be useful for us to have on our team a really good, what I call numbers man, a really, really good, very um, capable accountant trained um, uh, uh, head. <clears throat> and so I brought in a guy called David Sharples, who I've known literally since I was 11, because we went to school together at Bolton School. He went on to great things through Pricewaterhouse and then did an MBA <clears throat> and worked in various businesses and is now working in as a um, in a, a couple of tech startups, but works in the SME sector, very comfortable with small businesses, um, knows events, um, and is a really, really top bloke. And, um, and he's quite thrilled uh, to be able to come on and help. So if we have clients who really need some proper business modeling, um, uh, then he's, he's the guy who can help us with that. Um, we're all quite good at the numbers, as you know, but there's sometimes when we can do with a bit of extra um, firepower. So Dave, Dave is on the team for that. And then the third one is Kate Disley, who I've known for many, many years. And she is comes from an exhibition background. So she's kind of marketing and sales for exhibitions. And she's now working with us on a, a project in Brighton, which is very exciting. Um, and she's, again, really experienced in this, brilliant um, uh, connections, uh, brilliant understanding of the exhibition world, how it is, how it works, how, how you model it. Um, and uh, I think she's going to be a really great addition. So, you know, those are those are three um, new people. We're looking for new people all the time to come and join because I think the demand is there. Um, and, you know, I'm seeing that all the time. I think the, the market is, is returning. And I think that, that a lot of the businesses are having to slightly reboot and remodel what they're doing a bit. And as a consequence, um, you know, the need for a bit of help and guidance to get them back on their feet or, or really stepping on the gas um, as we come out of the, uh, of the pandemic, I think is going to be, is going to be quite key. So we've now got an even, is it possible Watty, to have an even better team than the one we had before? Well, I, I, I dispute that it was possible, but it seems to be getting better all the time. Yeah, Mike. See? It's amazing. So more and more nice, good, smart, friendly, fun, fun people who aren't consultants in the normal way. They're nice people who are here to help. Um, small and medium-sized businesses in the event industry be better and uh, and succeed. Yep, very exciting indeed. Uh, now, I know you have a very, very busy week this week. Uh, I think you are in Telford for a couple of days from tomorrow and then across to the Emerald Isle. So I will leave you to, uh, to start the packing. Um, next week, I'm chatting to Peter Jackson about his role for KP and his views on sustainability and company culture, two things he is absolutely passionate about. Uh, but that's it for this week. So thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.